Welcome to the Bud Rebel Show. This is a podcast like no other. We have really exciting guests every segment. I bring up some of the most unusual, unique business ideas that you'll hear nowhere else that will either make you money, lose you money, but will definitely have you thinking. We also have current topics we're going on, and we have ways to make money even in today's times. But so to get our show running, I have a very special guest. His name is Richie Beans. Welcome, Richie. Hello, bud. Nice to have you on the show. Richie has a unique position he does. Why don't you give us a little background about what work you do? I am in all stages of media post-production, mainly video editing and animation, with also working knowledge of VFX compositing, animation, and sound design. So, sounds very technical. When did you get started in that type of work? Full on, it began to form itself like all after high school. Uh, mainly, it was pretty much all video editing, and I'm also a bassist of 12 years with Perfect Pitch and Vocalist, and that lent itself to sound engineering as well. I've so, been... Go no, ahead. That's fine. Now, so you started in high school. There's like a program that you got involved in, or how did you get involved in this whole area? Well, first of all, I've been... I've been in, I've been entrenched in editing programs since I was in sixth grade, technically, starting with iMovie. I used to make these um, homemade videos of my pet ball python, Petunia. I'd make her like a... Excuse an, me, pet python? You have a python as your pet? She, Yep, 14 years old, that large. So you and your python are close, but not too close, I hope. We share the same bedroom. Yeah, and the python is just nice, not like a... You can get like too tight with each other, if you know what I mean. She is a constrictor. So that could be a little bit trouble. So you guys, what, how do you know if the python, I am not going in a different direction, but how do you know if the python likes you? If I come to a room, do you act as he just, the python act differently to you than it would act to me? Or how does that happen? She treat, they treat humans like trees, as long as you're not disrupting them while they're in feeding mode. Oh. Then so you get into trouble. So the key is to make sure you feed them. What do you feed your python, by the way? Defrosted mice. Defrosted mice. Never live. Okay. And and how many mice a day do you have the, the, the python have to eat? A day? It's only one every three or four or five months. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> and then you make sure you give the python the food because otherwise if he gets hungry, you can eat other things. They can survive more than nine months without, well, safe to say seven to eight months without food, without feeding. I know we got in a different direction. As, as, they, as they grow up. But how did you come up with, and some people have dogs and cats and other things, how did you decide you wanted a python as a pet? <sighs> oh, it was such a, well, you know, first I started with a bearded dragon named Larry. Um, how, Larry I, is his name? Yes, he passed in 2011. Um, Sorry about that. But always, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I would always go to the Westchester Rex, Reptile Exposition, and just what I saw in front of me was pretty intriguing and eye-catching. And I, I, would, I would read the books. I would just watch videos on, oh God, Google Video. I would just go on Google Video and remember being amazed by um, snake feeding videos. Like this is like we're talking 2006, 2007, so that coinciding with Club Penguin coinciding with Happy Tree Friends, it all created like a aesthetic of that period. So this this python that you have, when you come home, I guess, what do you do with a python? Do you just like let it roll over? What is a python? How does it, as a pet, what does it do? Does it just crawl over? What is it, how does it like, you know, life with a python? Let me know a little bit about that. You wake if, up in the morning. 
if I'm working on something, I she could just go up, up on my neck and stay there. She's she she's been on Zooms. There's this one there's this one semi-famous Zoom room called Edit Party, which um, was started by another viral video creator named Cash Bunny, and Petunia. And my my dog, my Cavapoo, Marley, has have made it in a few of her stories. Wait, so you have a python and a dog? Yes. And they all they get along okay? Yes. No, no. Conflict. I I'm I'm I live my I live in Mawa, New Jersey, so we kind of have a magical forest of sorts. Um, I don't know if you remember a few years back, um, hearing about the story of the woman who was attacked by a coyote. That was my mother. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Yep, wow, that was August 2019. That that happened, and you were at your house. Where did that happen? In my neighborhood. There was a coyote in the neighborhood. She fought off with a Louisville slugger. Wow! Like the South Brooklynite she is. That's crazy. And did the did the, so this coyote? How badly did your mother get attacked by the coyote? I believe she got thirty rabies shots. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's uh, that's. I didn't I I didn't know Richie when I got to interview today that you have so much content that I could probably have three podcasts on. I mean, just even your mother about that story. I don't know if people will survive coyote. I mean, a coyote attack can be deadly. I mean, that's crazy. What does that night this happens and stuff like that? Broad daylight. In broad daylight, and, and all of a sudden that she was, just, it was I guess the coyote had rabies, I guess. That was never confirmed, but she got the shots. So she was able to, I mean, she, she was outside, walking outside, all of a sudden a coyote attacks you. You don't have a, you don't have a, you don't have a bat with you normally. Well, we do now. So when I take my my cavapoo out to take a piss, I'm like, right. all right. The slugger stays at the front door. But I mean, initially, it's a, fix, when it's a fixture in our house. No, no, I know that. But initially, when you when your mother got attacked by the coyote, right? She didn't have. She wasn't ready for that. It was it was stalking. This was in August, so it was stalking her. Um, it was feeding, and then when she turned her back. Um, she didn't think anything of it, and then when she turned back around, it was on its hind legs on the hunt. She realized. And but so you said she defended herself with a baseball bat, but the baseball bat she didn't know that she was ready for this, I guess, in some way because she had the baseball bat ready. For no, it? the baseball bat was in a bin of toys in her in our neighbor's open garage bay. So she ran to the neighbor's house. Yeah, she knew she knew what to do. Wow! And she just fended it off. Well, and I guess she had to go to the hospital and stuff like that. Yes, at the one in uh, suffering. And this doesn't happen that often. And I never heard about coyote attacks too much. No. Wow, well, that put a whole perspective on this. That's that's, that's why a, it's, that's why it's always important to have good good connection to emergency services. Yeah, I mean, and then she had to go to the hospital and everything. I mean, that's that's. A, I'm sorry to hear about that. That's a that's a really unbelievable. Story. <sighs> yeah, you we, we you you took it you took it from the the inside of my bedroom to the the pet the pet count to the. The the species um, I, population of the to Mawa to this. It's just really you have a really interesting story. So you do post production for full length feature films or shorts or music videos. What is it the work for you? The bulk has been mainly for documentaries and short films and um, online media. Um, there was one point where I was doing um, premium real estate property tours in the Hamptons and in New York City. That was. Um, that was a on-site PA work and in in-house editing. So how do you how do you get jobs initially? How do, if someone wants to get into this business that you're in, how do they get into it? For the best security, it's all referrals. I mean, you can apply to as many leads as you want, but it's all it all comes down to having relationships and being recommended. Right. And and the normal post-production work, how does it long does it take? Let's say I said to you, I have a you know, I have a, I you said you do like you said you do like animation stuff now, if I'm correct, you said you do something. 
Yes, Play I did. Animation. I, I've done I've done animation work for uh, promotionals for online. Um, one of which was for your son's uh, single promotion for uh, National Geographic documentaries for PBS, um, for the- for student thesis films back at School of Visual Arts. And so, like the average video and the average post production work, it's what's the time frame that you have to do that takes to do some normal work that you do. If you get if I get you a normal job, let's say it's a short, how long does it t- normally takes to do the whole post production in a short? There, there, there are different. Yeah, there are different, obviously sh- different areas. Right. So if you're talking about um, animation that could encompass visual effects, that could range from uh, an entire day on one shot to maybe a week on just one shot. It depends on the labor load. And so when you get paid, if you don't mind, you get paid per job, or you get paid after it's done, or how does that work when it comes to this type of work? So you so you maintain the work from the client. Um, you know, I, I I much prefer an hourly rate, but if it's if it's in everyone's best interest, the client always tries to go for flat rates, and then you negotiate for an applicable flat rate. Yeah, because I can one imagine that, one that makes sense. Because I can imagine sometimes you have a flat rate based on your hours that sometimes it runs a lot longer. And I guess they can want to edit separately, right? They get, if they don't like it, they can tell you to do it over again or something as well. Yeah, and and you know, on on larger scale, on like motion picture productions fixed bidding tends to be a problem like if you look at the project like the movie cats i mean this is this is indicative of the the issue of the vfx industry the 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 film production studios have no idea how have very little idea what the vfx process is like i, I remember the v, the director of cats tom hooper he had no idea that um previs animations were just draft versions of characters and he kept requesting for fully rendered scenes of like all characters in in full fur simulation and full compositing and that 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 stuff takes time and when it's when you have a fixed bid before people find out about that people don't get paid and they lose money so yeah that was a post-production total collapse i mean just i think that people like it was a lot of money put in that well, it, calling it a post-production collapse is inaccurate. Like the the quality of the visual effects is completely fine, but this has been an issue of the film industry for the last twenty-five years. I mean, you know, Shrek was a success. Uh, the bulk of DreamWorks films, like Madagascar and Kung Fu Panda, were a success. There was, you know, there there was soul in these projects. SpongeBob was a success. Um, I can give many more examples. Cat, sure. uh, things like Son of the Mask and Cat in the Hat are like surrealist relics of their time in a in a Lynchian sort of way. Do you feel like there's too much CGI going on and not enough of the old-fashioned costumes? And you do all that CGI stuff as well? Is that something you also work on? I've, delved, I've delved in Maya Nuke and Cinema 4D and Blender. Right. Blender mainly for history documentaries. And do you feel like it's getting too much... And people like losing it. I, I find the CGI to be sometimes, it sometimes it goes on well, but sometimes I think it just overpowers the whole story. I mean, it just becomes too much. What, do you, what is your thought on that? Depending on the project, um, I don't think we're in a period, I don't think we're in a period where it's saturated anymore. I think it, a lot, a lot of VFX in the last five to six to seven years has been invisible effects, meaning major cleanup jobs, um, like removing, like replacing walls, 
to the point where the viewer doesn't even know it's visual effects. That's the new definition of doing a good job. Right, right. Um, in Marvel films, it's a lot more obvious, and it's more of a forefront stage for the commercial artists involved. Now, I'm getting a little thirsty. You take a break. This is not sponsored. No one sponsors yet. But we have. which drink would you like to try? Would you like to try one? I'll make you choose which one you would like to try. Basil versus orange ginger. But this is um, actually supposedly good for your brain. I like cherry. And this is supposedly brain-focused. Oh, is it, is it Omega? And this is just water. What? Is that Omega? I don't know what's in this drink. The mushroom elixir sounds yeah. pretty enticing. Want to try that? Okay, let's open this up. We'll have a little bit each. While we, in case we're thirsty. I hope no one spits it up. Find out. So far, all my drinks have been very successful. But this is for my finger. You're right. It is right. I got it. I got it. It's good to have a little bit of a nail. Yep, I bite mine, so. I'm so sure. I'm going to discuss, Richie Beans, one of my business ideas. I had a long time. As I say to everyone out there, these ideas. Chin chin. Were, chin chin. Thank you. These ideas will either make you money, lose you money, but as we say, oral will make you think. I can't believe this idea hasn't come out. This is very strange to me because it seems so basic. and I'm, I feel like I'm, it seems so simple to me. A celebrity alarm clock. Being woken up by, let's say, a Tom Cruise or maybe a Richie Beans. Whatever celebrity you want wakes you up with a little message. What do you think about that idea? <laughs> well, that, that sounds just as interesting as one I've had all my life, which is a, um, a freezable microwave. Freezable microwave. The, the uh, sorry, the basically the opposite of a microwave. You instead of um, um, immediate defrosting or reheating, it's just immediate freezing. freezing. Yeah. And what would you do if you were on a camping or something? What would you use that for? What do you need that right away for? Like ices? You want to make immediate ices or something like that? Yeah, anything you need to be cold below zero. It's never been done. I don't think so. This has never been done also on this podcast. No one else has come up with an idea on this podcast. Well, yeah, this is going the opposite way, Richie. I, I, should tell, cool. I should tell my good friend James Pisano, who edited the, um, you remember the Billy Mays um, infomercials back in the day, OxyClean, the Snuggie, mm-hmm. Aqua Globes, sure. that whole direct response uh, industry. It was a big thing in the 2000s. So, so do you know if this could be made? A microwave, an instant freezer, you it's basically. It's certainly pitchable. It's interesting. Made. I think mine's easier, celebrity alarm clock, because we just got the we just got the celebrities to be able to like wake you up in the morning. I don't think that's you're a very technical person. That could be made, correct? That's no. I could, I could I could I could make you sound bits in Premiere like in twenty in like you, less than minutes. I mean, if that alarm clock would wake up my bro, my son, would it that be would an be actual much, alarm? Would it be an actual viable clock? It would be a clock, and then wake up with somebody's voice, like you know, again, Tom Cruise. Uh, any of the big names, like, I don't know why Tom Cruise in my head. Maybe a guy from Rush, maybe even Frank Zappa, which we can get into now a little bit. I know he, you're big. He, he, Imagine Frank Zappa if he had, I know he passed away, but he must have said he could have said some crazy thing in the morning and wake you up to Frank Zappa screaming something or even singing a song. But each celebrity would be able to wake you up in the morning. And you could change it. If you're tired of one celebrity, you can make it someone else. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, it could be anything like that. I'm. Anybody wants to invent that? With Matt, me, let so- me know. Matt Sosa. Now, let me ask you a question about that because we got into a topic that they say you're an expert on. This is really fascinating. You look like a bit like a man named Frank Zappa, who I grew up with as a uh, musician. People said that to you at all? Of course. You know, I I've, I met his band. I've, I'm, I, I'm friends with his masseuse, Dr. Dot Stein. She's massaged like every major rock star and a few celebrities, world presidents. So. I, but you're like an expert on that. I'm telling you, this is like, you're like, hmm? if I shot you with some questions, you, they say that they, people have told me that you can answer almost any question of Frank Zappa. So would you mind taking a little quiz with us? 
I don't mind. I don't know if I'll hit every single one. But I don't know. Right, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see how, let's see how if you need an ABC, let trip, me know. Okay. Get deep into the I know really very little about Frank Zappa. I remember his music a little bit. But here we go. Zappa joined his first band at Mission Bay High School in San Diego as the... Oh. Do you need ABCD? Let me know. You can... A yeah, ABCD. It'll come. All right. Bass guitarist, vocalist, electro guitarist, or drummer? Drummer. You are correct. He was he was a drummer first. Okay, here you go. In two thousand, which, which is why he hired the best of the best. There you go. In two thousand and four, Rolling Stone magazine ranked him at number on its list of the hundred greatest artists of all time. You need ABCD. Was it seven? Was it? Um, I remember. Re it, was it David Frick's list or was it Rolling Stone's list? It was Rolling Stone's list. It was Rolling Stone, not David Frick. No. Okay. I met David Frick a few times. Um, do you need ABCD? Let's let's do it. If that's a standard. Forty-five, seventy-eight. This is a throwaway one. Eight, eighty-one, seventy-one, or sixty-six. I remember seeing it correctly. It was the one in the 40s. So we're going to say 45? 45. You don't want to take it back yet. Okay, here we go. No. Oh, 71. All well, right. That doesn't sound right. This, this, this is, okay, wait. Okay. It's okay. Everyone's allowed to get one wrong. It's fine. Maybe you need more than the drink. What was the name of Frank's first band? The Mothers of Invention. The, the, well, very first. The very the name of the first band. We need ABCD. Let me know. A, B, C, D. The DeVilles, the Ramblers, the Continentals, or the Impalas? I believe it was he played with the DeVilles. The DeVilles. The Ramblers. Maybe I should delete this session. All right, one more last one. You ready? What was the, man, the name of the band that Frank's name is most associated with? You want A, B, C, D? The Mothers of Invention. You are correct. We'll delete those incorrect answers. Well, what year? What, what year? What? What year? Frank Zappa was inducted. This is really boring English. What year was Frank Zappa inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Nineteen ninety-five. You are correct. And he was indicted. He was inducted by Lou Reed. Okay, I'm gonna just one more. I want to just do one last question for you. Frank did not approve of what activity? Drugs. You are correct. Very good. So. Have you like just studied his life? You read books? How come you're so fascinated with Frank Zappa? What is that? What does that whole fascination come from? So as a as a prelude to, to as a pre kind of a prelude to Zappa, um, admittedly, like all my life, I've just been flooded with people telling me how many people I look like. You know, from Al from a young Al Pacino to Zappa to Sasha, mostly Sasha Baron Cohen somehow, which I was on set with him mm. in Newark and Patterson for the trial of the Chicago 7. And people would come up to me like, oh, you should play Abby. You should have played Abby. You should play Abby. Um, so you want to act or, too a little like bit, right? Jason Schwartzman. I've, no, I, I was on the New York acting scene. You know, I did it to do it, to, to, see, to see the the process and to see the product being made, the magic behind the lens. Right. But... Getting back to, to the iconography of Frank, um, Frank and I are both Southern Italian, Sicilian, Neapolitan with uh, Greek and partial Greek and Arab heritage. Um, Zappa, in, as an American musician, is just as important as the Beatles 
to the entirety of 20th century music as a whole. He was not, you, can, you can't put him in rock, you could not put him in jazz, you could not put him in pop, you couldn't put him in what may have been considered symphonic rock then. It was just, it was just Zappa. And, now, the, the, and and his 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 motivations weren't driven by commercial gains. It was by, it was just by the integrity and the love of music. This is interesting you mention him because actually there's a current news article that came up and Frank Zappa pushed the envelope in terms of language at his time. Am I correct with that assumption? I mean, he used to use a lot. Yeah, of, with 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 how you use the the medium of music to right to express pronounce. commentary. So. There's Among a, other things. There was one person that recently was on the Grammy Awards, a Sam Smith. Yes. With Pfizer. Um, and I just, I find wait, wait, so... Pfizer? Wait. Pfizer was a, to the commercial, sponsored them. I honestly thought it was over the top that he did this whole devil thing. Because I understand, I always appreciate art and what it does. I just don't see the point, it ha- if it has no point other than just to get people annoyed. And I think that really did one of the things with music that people people that don't like that type of music, or even the whole image of quote homosexuality, people who are that way may consider it with the devil stuff. I don't think it did any good for his brand. I don't think it did any good for the cause of equal rights. I just thought it was really. Over. I didn't watch it too because I thought it was, I don't really. I'm a religious person. It bothered me a bit. I didn't understand that whole thing, and I think he just. I don't think it adds anything to the talent. I am. What's your opinion about that? But I didn't even watch the Grammys. Um, I I can't I can't dictate your reaction to something like that. Um, depending on your your own convictions, um, you know. I, I I just I just have, I have no interest in the impact of that broadcast or just. What he's, what him or someone like Lil Nas X tries to communicate with um, satanic iconography. Um, do you know that the um, satanic temple, the Satanist sect, has has its instances of controversy? Um, but w- you're you're trying. What what are you exactly trying to say? Well, I think it's great when artists go out and have us think about things or deal with things. Understand how other people feel, put our feet in other people's foot, you might say, or shoes, you might say. But I don't think it's, the part of Bud Rebel is two parts. One, it's to be a little bit of a rebel, do you think different, but also be a Bud, not to be a jerk about it. And I thought Sam Smith was being a jerk about it. I think there's, there's no point of just provoking just to provoke, to be obnoxious. I think the point about being an artist is you want to open up people to different points and understanding. I think when I think about Frank Zappa also, you know, like you said before, when you listen to his music, there was more to it than just, you know, just being offensive or whatever at times. There was more depth to it. I think this was just to just be obnoxious and nasty, and there's a difference. You know, there's a, there's a, the, and I think that's what needed to be said about it. And I think it was very interesting. With Pfizer, it was very funny because a lot of people with Pfizer, with the whole, with the whole forcing the vaccine that people felt it was forced, that they're like almost like an evil company, a big evil company, and then they were connected to, to a video that had about satanic worship. It was, a really, it was a very bad timing for them as a, as a business company. And that's another thing that I saw that was very interesting. Well, I mean, this is kind of the uselessness of comparing decades. Um, look at where we are as far as, you know, as far as secularism and keeping 
just keeping a fair separation of church and state now, like, you know, our, you know, our protection as a, as a fair society versus the seventies and eighties, um, even including the sixties when, you know, shit was starting to hit the fan, but a line was also starting to be drawn. Um, it's, it's all, it's all on who, it's all on who has the position of power and what you're trying to say with that, whether or not you're shooting up or down. Um, I think if, if I, if I look at Sam's video, it's probably going to be what Miley Cyrus was doing when she was, um, shaking her ass at that other award right. show. But I don't, I just, I just don't, I don't care. I don't, I'm not, I That's, don't want yeah. to shame him. He didn't really do anything wrong in my eyes. It's well, not, I'm not, I'm not the type of person again, that believes in anybody being canceled or whatever. I just found it offensive. I wanted to ask you, we always have a discussion usually about leadership because, as you know, 2024 election is coming up. Mm-hmm. One of the things I thought about for the next question that runs for president, whoever it is, is that that person is one of us. And when I mean one of us, I mean basically they go and they deal with traffic. They have to deal with they have, their, their, their family lives aren't perfect. They've done the work on the ground. They done the, they, but they know what people are like in the real world. Maybe they, you know, they take their dogs for a walk. What's whatever. The, what's the real world? The real world. What's the fake world? I don't know say fake world, but I think they've dealt with a lot of the issues that many people dealt with. You don't want, I mean, I think it's important that people have somebody that's dealt with, let's say, people that have had mental health issues or dealt with issues. Maybe they know people have drug problems. So they dealt with issues that, a lot of Americans, you know, running for office, people have to deal with it. So they don't, it's not so distant from them, you know. So I think that's important. I think that a leader understands by being through some of those difficult moments that other people have to go through. I mean, a lot of times, so that's why, I, this is my opinion, but what is your opinion about someone who needs to be the leader? What, what, what characteristics would you say that's important? Um, people who are leaders and what just my eyes are this is like a, a to, to set a standard for your listeners well i'm just asking you personally when you look for and i'm not not issues when you're looking for somebody who's going to be a leader or the next president or whatever it is what would you say is an important characteristic for that person to be a leader in this country number one they're looking upward number two they have their egg their, they have their eggs in their bat in all baskets of their life um they have strong foundations, a strong family life. Maybe, maybe not a strong family life, but they have strong principles and the self-discipline required to work with people and to work with like-minded, self-disciplined people. That's good. Um, I, I, so maybe, that may be a simplified way of saying it because everyone's situation is different. But as long as everyone's looking upward toward actually making like substantive change, right? Then yes, you're fine. Now, also, on our show, we also feature an area where we talk about investments. Mm. And when people... Like securities? Well, investments can come in different ways. But in the, today's discussion, what we're going to have today, is investments basically around you. When I mean around you, I mean your family, your friends, your close associates. Sometimes you don't listen to people that really have the best advice. For example, my wife has diabetes. And she switched from, she's like, okay, that's, you know, thank you. But she switched from one device that she uses to another device. And by doing so, it's actually trending the different companies. One was called Medtronics and the other one's called Omnipod. So 
Trending as if what? Trending that the machine, the companies that do it, because there's a there's a, a trend. People are changing. They're doing things in that direction. They're switching from one company to the other company. So if everybody that you know is starting to drink vitamin water, your friends are all drinking vitamin water. They all start drinking this drink. Maybe it's a company to look into investing wise. Instead of always looking at analysis, sometimes you see the trends that are occurring right around you. Because what's happening around you might even happening. Other places as well, and and the funny thing about it is most of those trends happen with young people. They gear to things rather than you know. I mean, there are other ways too. But what's happening around you is ways that you should invest in terms of stocks, in terms of even I guess you know as we see the as we see the client around climate around us, it's a good way to know what to invest in instead of like just always looking at analysis opinion. Oh yeah, when when the months before the pandemic started, I. I loaded up on healthcare on biotechs. Wow, how did you decide on that? You knew what was your thought? I one small cap, you know, everything tanked in March, and then a lot of the biotechs, when they were doing major vaccine research developments, they all went back up. Right. Going back to your career a little bit, please. I wanted to know if you can give anybody advice if they want to get into this business. A little bit more detail: how it starts, what's it like your day? Is it is it something that takes a long time to make enough to financially be successful. A little bit more data, if you don't mind. Right. Um, getting into this business now, in 2023. Yeah, or well, when you started, the difference, if you know, I mean, you know, you started a lot, a lot bit earlier than that. But the difference is when you started it, it's, I guess, one of the most important things is you've got to keep up with the technology. Things change very quickly, and you have to keep up to the new things that people are doing and the, and the new post-production stuff. Is that correct with everything? That's correct. A lot of processes become automated. And a lot of the work that you did took a long time become, those things become changed or stopped and then other things move up the ladder. So you always got to keep up with a new trend. trend yes. The, the thing you have to realize is that all of our, our legacy creative fields of, of film, television, music, video games, podcasts, um, virtual reality, new media, it's all converging. It's all converging. Um, the the Web three space is trying to find a way to make that work, and right now that is through metaverse platforms bringing um, office meetings to virtual spaces, and that's going to bank on designers who know what who know how to set design environments properly and have the human eye required. That's the other thing, you know. I did I did bring my laptop if the if the one took me, but artists who are scared about AI art right now. Maybe let, let me let me speci- let me hone in on concept artists. Don't be afraid because the pipeline doesn't need to be fixed. AI art renders are just that; they are renders. There's no, pre- there's there's no like pre- pre- preliminary lines for if you're if you're if you drew like a scene of a castle, let's say. Um, that was a pro- that was a multi-step, multi-layered process in either Photoshop or Painter or whatever software you used. AI art renders are only going to serve as a basis point for directors and clients to look at to then hand off to the concept artists. They're not the concept artists are not going to be replaced. And then for people just using the technology itself, it's just that. Like there's if there's commercialism behind it, great. Um, well, I'm sorry. You, you just mentioned something called the A. I think you mentioned AI artificial for the people out there. Artificial yes, intelligence. Yes, AI art generators, stability, mid journey, and oh, open, okay. open AI. I'm thinking about also AI. I thought AI is more of artificial intelligence. I don't know if it's having more of an effect on post production as well. Is that happening also? The, um, 
and like in 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 the compositing world, the program is Nuke. There's a there's a node. There's like a feature called Copycat, which just um, automatically takes parts of a shot and then places it somewhere else automatically instead of you doing it manually. But that's besides the point. Um, what I'm saying is, um, the human eye will. All all these technologies are just going to augment the the capability of the human eye, which has been here for has been in the art world has led the art world and the digital art world for a long time now interesting and it's like i said it's a process that doesn't need to be fixed and won't won't be disrupted as bad as people think it will so you so you see a, a bright future and you're working on look what people define as success in the film and t in 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 these spaces like the the industries of motion pictures and television it's about that you're putting something out into the general public and now that general public has more options i mean i remember the advent of youtube coming in 2005 it changed the entire model of creator and consumer um you know people like fred or shane dawson ugh, or uh, JonTron, or most notably Filthy Frank and iDubs in the two, 2010s. I'm sorry for these name drops, but uh, people will know who I'm talking about. My point is, is that what you had in a formal, um, what you had in a formal system like the bidders, the producers, the directors, the animation consultants, the sound engineers, the music. Um, fast forward to today into the pandemic standard, it's the content creators take on all of that at yes a smaller scale but everyone's learning that you have to upskill you have you have to you have to take on these legacy foundational skills and and that, and that that's what separates people is is people who have foundation who have the talent in their human eye and ear people who have perfect pitch people who know color theory right and so on but so, but, but, but but my point is that this is a market of ideas and it's a it's an it's a market of either ideas or personalities. YouTube was both. TikTok is that, but it's coming from what I feel is a foreign adversary. So my question for you, also as an artist, what are some films that you like are amazed in terms of the post production editing that people should, if they really love to learn about and see something that's visually incredible? What would you suggest that people look at, or series or whatever? There are many great examples of respectable projects that had what I feel is real human value. One of those, you know, a contemporary example is the, is John Favreau's take on the Jungle Book. Like all, you know, you have all these remakes in the last ten years. Just the Jungle Book, I feel it was it was needed. It brought the story and the narrative to a dimension it needed. Um, the this the character technical direction worked just fine. With Mo, with the Mo, the actor from Mowgli, it was a great time. So it the was, Jungle Book, it, it, it was great seeing it in this theater. My my friend almost got stabbed by a plastic knife over a hot dog, but it, wow, it was a great. It was just Another great. story of violence. Your life is like unbelievable. Got it all over the place. But so the Jungle Book is one of those those movies that you said. If you're looking at something that's like post production, amazingly done, you say that that's the book movie that you would. Yes, because it augmented the story. Um, Avatar was, you know, industry standard visual effects and animation. It's just like the, the, you know, people who watched it, like the, it was just the story and that was kind of lacking in a 
uh, original and right. Original so this, I mean, be, but Sa- same thing happened with Inception. Same exact thing happened with Inception. So if you're looking at it from just the artistic view of a post-production, you would say Avatar is amazing. But in terms of the writing, it may not be need, need improvement or whatever. But when you're watching visually as an artist as you are, you'd say Avatar is amazing. Was that my correct with saying that? Yeah, you you look at the you look at the film in its full scope. Films are stories. You right. know, films films inspire people. Films change people's direction. It could save them from it can save them from something. Oh, that's interesting. So I have some interesting weird facts. I like to add that to my podcast. Please do. So we like, we like weird. That's good. The good, so, the, the good kind of weird. The idea of a hat on a bed, on I saw my show Yellowstone, which is a very big show, it's a superstition. You're not supposed to say it's very bad luck. And it comes from the idea of lice, I think. They said that people, when they, had, when they were out in the West, they said, but even to this day, a cowboy will never put their hat on a bed. Another interesting fact, and we'll give you one more for today, avocados. Avocados are not a vegetable; they are a fruit. I know. Oh, Dave, you're very smart, but most people in my view is now know too. I eat them every, <laughs> I eat them every day for breakfast. <laughs> okay, so a couple of quick questions. So, who inspires you to do what you did? Any person in your life? As artists, as dis- disciplinarians, you know the list ranges from, like, obviously Zappa, just a, in, in in a whole as a again both an artist and a disciplinarian. Uh, the chef, Marco Pierre White, the comic, Bill Plimpton, who I actually met, uh, the painter, Frank Frazetta, um, Peter Gabriel, my biggest creative influence as a, as a human being. Um, where, where, where will we see you in the future, Richie? In five years from now, what do we, we see you doing? If you could be anywhere you want, do anything you want, what would, what would be happening five years from now? So, you know, people in my position are navigating a rapidly maturing landscape um, the Unreal Engine is going to become the of, of, of the post-production world. The Unreal Engine is going to become the industry tool that encompasses all different crafts. So, digitally speaking, I, I mean, are we going to because it, it does it achieves a lot, and than before. Right, but I'm saying in terms of your career, will we see you as in the, if you had a dream, would you be like an Oscar-winning film? What, what would you? Where do you want? What is your goal to say, like five years from now, in terms of? as an artist I've been working towards the role of overarching wise as creative director um, there's there's agencies there's freelancers there's you know there's it's, it's it's a battle between company and the independent contractor now more than ever before so I'm just gonna keep ex- keep expanding keep branding myself digitally in the in the entire creative landscape and where do you recommend people go if they want to learn more about this whole post-production field what is certain videos certain way the classes they should take anywhere they should know more about it what's the best way to find out um read read books like the art of digital compositing from you know that's from the 2000s but just keep watching youtube keep following trends keep watching the news keep watching keep seeing keep seeing active projects like keep have a have a make it part of your morning routine to go on ArtStation to look at your for you page on Instagram. There's more content being produced than ever before. It's not just limited to cable television. It's not just limited to music television. It's 
it's all rapidly maturing. If somebody wanted into to something new that we don't quite know what it is yet. If someone needed like a like a I don't know a tutor or a mentor, would you offer that service to somebody if they wanted the help to get started in this? Is that something would you, you would consider? If they're if they're aiming to be a generalist, then yes, because I I personally do not feel that pursuing a, the, the what I what I say to myself and to others who if the, if the conversation leads that way, the skills of yesterday are becoming sub skills of today. So the more you can perform in a shorter span of time and well, the better equipped you are. And, and it's just about people finding out what you can do. And if people want to reach out to you. And they want your help with either a production or they need, just want your advice. Something. What's the best way to reach out to? Um, formerly, I prefer email. Um, RichieBeans at Hotmail.com. Can you say um, it a little slower? RichieBeans at Hotmail.com. Okay. And any other, that's the best way to reach you? Do you have like a, any Instagram or any other things they can reach you out? Or yes. Else? Richie Beans is my online name. And that's uh, the name of my Wix site as well. Okay, great. Richie, thank you for joining us. Before I go, mm-hmm. I always like to end. With a note, I had a discussion with an individual recently. But I said, I'm not really afraid of dying. What I'm afraid of is not living. And what I mean by that is life is really short. And the idea is that every day you try to do something that's fun, that's productive, that makes you laugh. If we do that in our lives, then we lived. And that's more important every day than worrying about when you're gonna die. So I really want you to leave with that message. Try to live your life. Not worry about all these other things. Try to enjoy your life. Try to get out there, have some fun, be productive, and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, everybody.